It doesn't help if you don't turn your mic on when you're singing. So. But we're not perfect. We're just forgiven, right? You know, I normally read out of Psalms, but I was just reading the Bible this week, and I ran across this in Ephesians, and I think it's important that we touch the Lord. Uh, I want to read this, and then I have a prayer request. Let's go to this first. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, 
to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he hath proposed in himself that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Thank the Lord. Before we go to the Lord in prayer this morning, Sister Barnes called and specifically has a need. She hurt her back. And I know the Lord works wonders. I know the Lord answers prayer. So I want you to lift her up this morning as we go to prayer. I know there are others, but she specifically calls and she's worried about it. And I tell you what, when people call and ask for prayer, our job is to answer the prayer. Our job is to answer that call, lift them up, and ask God to touch them. So let's go to the Lord in prayer right now for all of the needs we have, but specifically for Sister Barnes. Kind Heavenly Father, we do thank you and praise your holy name this morning for everything that you have done for us, for answering prayer, for lifting us up, for keeping us. Lord, we thank you for your word that you've given to us, Lord, which promises the possession of the future, Lord, which promises our salvation, which promises our redemption, which promises, Lord, the collecting of us together in one place for your glory. Lord, we ask this morning you will touch Sister Barnes. You know the need in her body. We pray that you will touch her back. Lord, make it strong. Take all the pain away, Lord. Let her walk unhindered. Lord, let her be without pain this morning. Pray that you will touch her and lift her up and strengthen her. She has served you. She loves you, Lord. She lifts you up. Lord, I pray that you will be with her in this day. Lord, I pray that you will continue to abide with all of your people, those in the rest homes, those who can't be here to work, and those who can't be here to sickness. Lord, and for other things, I pray you will be with our minister this morning as he delivers the words that he would have him to say. Help us, Lord, if God, in all of this, that we can do everything in accordance with thy glory. And in Jesus' holy, precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Let's remain standing and worship the Lord this morning. This is an old uh, praise chorus. It's been sung, oh, Lord, I don't know how many years. Uh, it's so old, can't find music to it, so we had to write the music to it just to be able to find the music to it. And uh, so uh, this is going to be as, as new for us as it is for you in terms of having to make sure we figured out all, all the right chords. So we hope we got it right. So uh, if not, this is our version of this song, so we hope that you enjoy it. So let's sing about the wonderful name of Jesus.
you have the victory today in Jesus. Hallelujah. Powerful name, what a powerful name. 
believe there's something about the name of Jesus. You may be seated for a few moments in the presence of the Lord. If you have your Bibles, if you go to Isaiah chapter 41, let me quickly give you just a rundown very quickly of the uh, order of service, the remaining portion of the order of service today, so that you will be aware of how the remaining portion of today will go. I'm going to preach fast because we have a lot of things we want to get to today. Today is Baptism Sunday, probably one of the most exciting times outside of baby dedications and, uh, you know, taking in new church members. Uh, it's probably one of my most exciting times uh, to see people make a profession of faith and say before God and man, they commit their lives back to Jesus Christ and they sell out to Him. There's no better way to celebrate that than at church. For those that are streaming online, we welcome you today. Don't forget, you can check us out at SanteeCircleCOG.org. Follow us on our Apple and Google podcast. Uh, follow us on the Our Church app. You can give multiple ways online, SanteeCircleCOG.org, backslash give. Uh, In-house, in the offering boxes, mail it, or on the Tide.ly app. But today is also special because we get to dedicate our new kids ministry building today after church. We get to show you what God has blessed us with. I, I want to quit my job here and become the kids pastor at this church so that I can go to that room every Sunday. That is probably the coolest room in this entire building. No joke. In fact, after I saw it completed, I thought, man, I missed my calling. I think I'm supposed to be a kids pastor all of a sudden. I don't know if that was the flesh talking or not, but the room looked so cool. I felt a kindred spirit in the moment. But uh, your kids are going to love it. I love it because, one, it's going to make them excited about church. But, two, that means they're going to hear about Jesus when they come to church. We have, in my opinion, some of the best, if not the best, some of the best, children's church workers that teach our kids about Jesus Christ. Can we just appreciate our kids' ministry workers? They do such a good job. Sister Jeannie, Sister Sandy, they just they knock it out in the park every week. But after church, as soon as I pray the benedictory prayer, well, I really won't pray a benedictory prayer, almost just a prayer uh, end of service, we will file out these back doors. We will go and uh, we will um, go through the main door. We'll gather in the kids' ministry building. We are going to dedicate it. Now, I'm not going to read a bunch of scripture and things like that, but what I am asking the church to do, those that are willing to stay just for about 10 minutes after church, I want us to pray. That every kid that walks through that door comes to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ at some point in their life. I don't care if it's the first Sunday they come or it takes 150 Sundays for them to come. I want them at some point when they walk through that door that something speaks to their heart and they want to know Jesus in a better way than they did before. That's what I want our kids to know. How many of you want your kids saved or you want to see your kids or grandkids saved? Amen? I do. I do. I also, uh, we have the baptismal pool out there. And uh, some fine folks, I think there's about six of you or so that for sure signed up. Anybody else wants to do it, we're, we're more than willing to uh, submerge you for the cause of Christ. Um, the water is a little chilly. Uh, we did all we could to warm it up. 
Um, but uh, this is October, and uh, you, you know, baptism is. I did, though, to do diligence so that you didn't think your pastor was one of those narcissistic, crazy, loony bin preachers. I did go to the tail race canal and put my feet in the water this week just to see the comparison. You got it made today. I just want you to know. You got it made. Because I'm going to tell you right now, you got baptized. I'd have been like one of those uh, good uh, uh, Methodist preachers or whatever. I'd have just stuck my hand in the water and I'd have flicked you in the face and I'd have told you you're baptized. I wouldn't have submerged you. It was too cold for me. I would have been, you'd have been on your own. I'm just telling you right now, that was cold. So today, I've come up with an alternative. I don't get wet, but you do. It's a great solution. It's a great solution. But no, we are excited to baptize people today, and uh, we're excited about that. Don't forget tonight, it's fellowship night. Uh, we've had a lot of people that just had a lot going on in their lives right now. We just thought it'd be nice for us to come sit together. We're safe. We've got all the tables spread out, so we'll be safe. But just come and sit together and just take a deep breath and just fellowship together. There'll be a small Bible study that'll take place prior to that I'll lead um, just to, to uh, you know, encourage the body. I feel like sometimes we just need to just hang out together. And uh, I love it when we get to fellowship together. You can bring anything you want. You can bring anything from as big of an item you want or to the smallest of items you want. It's, no, we always have plenty, and we're always satisfied. And if we don't run out of food, Walmart is literally right across the street basically from us. I have a credit card that the church reimburses. I will go buy food if I need to. We will make sure you eat. So don't worry about that. All right, let's jump into the message. If you can stand this morning for the reading of God's Word, if you're physically able. Uh, we've missed so many people. This crowd looks wonderful today. Such a beautiful crowd in the house of the Lord. If you all keep coming, we're going to have to start building something out here for too long. So please keep coming so that I have an excuse to build. Because I, I have all these crazy ideas in my head. I just need people to help me pay for it. So so God is good. Uh, but uh, a lot of people out. Sister Barnes has got some back troubles and some issues today. And uh, some other folks are out today. Uh, uh, Brandon is working out of town, and Tan and them had to be out of town, so some of them are out. Corey Burbage and his uh, is working, so some of his family's out. Miss Brenda couldn't be here today because her husband Ricky has got some issues going on. He's not able to walk right now. Uh, tore up his back, threw out his back or something, so she's there helping him. So a lot of folks that would love to be here that are not here, but you're here, so you got a right to praise God because you were able to get here this morning when they couldn't. So we thank the Lord for that. I'm only going to read one verse of scripture today, and then I'm going to jump right into the remaining portion of our sermon series we've been on. Fear not. Fear not. I could stop right here, shut the book, and let's go baptize folks and say you've heard from God today. I can't help what COVID's doing. I can't help what the government's doing. I can't even help what other churches are doing. Listen to what I'm about to say. I can't even help what other churches across the street, across town, or across the uh a county or do it. I can't help what's going on in the world. However, I come by to tell somebody today, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I was teaching the teenagers this morning about trusting the Lord and how God, you can never go wrong by putting your trust in the Lord. He always will sustain you. I come by to tell you today, I don't care what your job's doing right now. I don't care what they're trying to force with the mandates on your job. I can't help what's going on on your school. I can't help what's going on in your line of work or what's going on in your church. I come by to remind somebody today, just remember God said, fear not. He's got it under control. Fear not. In fact, he goes on to say, not only fear not, this is how you can be assured you don't have to fear. Fear thou not, for I, talking about the Lord, I am with you. Again, I could stop right here, 
say we've had church and go home. There is nothing more I'm going to say to you today that's going to be more of a word from the Lord than to tell you today, no matter what you face this week, next month, next week, next year, or even five years down the road, there's nothing more you need to know today than fear not, for God is still with you. That's all you got to know today. Brother Barnes is here today. His sister is is battling for her life. There's many other folks I know right now battling for their life. But I'm telling you right now, though, and Sister Barnes told me last night on the phone, she said, but Pastor, that was a, that's a good woman. She loves the Lord. She's, she's ready to go. And I'm telling you right now, there is nothing better for a child of God when they get ready to transfer from this life of mortal clay and to that heaven celestial shore. There's nothing more than they can say is fear not because they know that even on their deathbed, on their bed of affliction, they don't have to worry. They don't have to fret. They don't have to fear for God is with them. God was with me. He knew me before I was knit together in my mother's womb. He formed, he fashioned me, and even on my deathbed, God still knows every detail and facet about me. I don't have to worry. Andre Crouch said it like this. I don't have to worry. I don't have to fret. My God has never failed me yet. I've got confidence. God's going to see me through. I'm here to tell somebody today, God, I have the confidence God's going to see us through, whether it's through this COVID, whether it's through this season we're going through. But God, I've come by to remind you, I've got confidence God's going to see us through to the end. I be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, not only will I strengthen you, I will help you. Even when all hell comes against you and you can't do it, don't worry, not only am I God, I'm only not only God, but I'm also a God that lends a helping hand. You don't have to worry about doing it. You put your hand, the old song says, put your hand in the hand of the man who steals the waters. Put your hand in the hand of the man that calms the sea. Take a look at yourself. You'll look at others differently by putting your hand in the hand of a man from Galilee. I come by to tell you today, you say, Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what my family's going through. You don't know what we're facing this week. I don't have to know. I come to tell you, I still serve a God that will be a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And I serve a God that will help you when you need it most today. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold thee with my right hand of righteousness. I want to finish today this thought. Hold on. Help is on the way. Father, I pray you'd bless the reading of this word. Let us not only be hearers, but doers thereof. We love you and praise you in Christ's holy and precious name. The people of God together said, Amen, Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say this. Hold on. Help is on the way. Turn to your other neighbor. And say, you look almost as good as I do today. You might want to be selective to which side you say that to, because that might be the lie, and you'd have to repent for that. You don't know. Hold on, help is on the way. Now, I read to you in Isaiah 41 and 10. The Bible said, I am God. Fear not, for I am the Lord. I am thy God, and I will help thee. I read to you when we started studying this series, in Psalms chapter 3, verse 2, the Bible says, the psalmist said this, Many are they that increase that trouble me, but many are they that rise up against me. Many that say of me, there's no help. The psalmist said to God in Psalms 3, he said, God, there's a lot of people coming against me. I'm running for my life. 
My son Absalom has overtaken my kingdom. He's making a, a mockery of the, the, the people of God. He's, he's doing lewd acts and crude acts before the people of God. And he's defaming your name. God, there's a lot of people that's coming by telling me in my hideout camp while I'm running from my own flesh and blood. A lot of people are saying, David, you're in trouble. There's no help for you. Now, I know David didn't have this scripture in his mind. But I come by to tell you that there's a lot of times the devil still wants to tell you there's no help. God can't get you out of this mess. God can't save that marriage. God can't save that wayward son or daughter. God can't fix that job. God can't fix those finances. God can't do it. There's no help for you. But I come by to remind you Isaiah promised us we don't have to fear for we serve a God that not only will strengthen us but we serve a God that said I will help thee. I will help you in times of trouble. David complains to God. I told you the very first week we discussed this, how David was complaining. God, I'm walking through a storm. I'm walking through an adverse situation. My world is caving in around me. We're living today in a dark and dying world. We're living in a day where things are not seeming to get better. They just keep compounding and getting worse. But I've come by to remind somebody, but even in the midst of dark days, even in the midst of trying times, there is still hope in Jesus Christ. My hope is built not on this world, but it's built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but I wholly lean on Jesus' name on Christ the solid rock I stand I remember the end of the book of Malachi before the very first penmanship is ever written in the book of Mark which is the earliest writings of the synoptic gospels from Malachi to the first writings of Mark 400 years elapse of nothing silence no word from the Lord is being spoken we don't even know if the word of the Lord is being spoken. Nobody for 400 years writes anything, thus saith the word of the Lord. Can you imagine going 400 years and not hearing a word from God? It's amazing to me how people can just stay out of church for more than two weeks and not, oh, let me, God, don't help me go here today. You know what I'm talking about. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves as in the manner of son, but you come together in exhortation one with another. You, we are better together than we are apart. You hear what I just said? We're better together than we are apart. This country, the administrations of other countries, this world, they're doing everything they can to divide the body of Christ. But I am here to tell you we better stand together as brothers and sisters of the faith. The old song says, you're my brother, you're my sister, so take me by the hand. Together we will work until it comes. There's no foe that can defeat us when we're walking side by side. Together we will work because we will stand. We've got to stand together. We've got to work together. David said, there's no hope for me, God. They're telling me I can't make it. So he starts complaining. But I want you to look at what happens. He said there is no help for them. He says, God, they're saying there's no help for me. Then he goes on to say in verse 3, one of my favorite verses, but thou. It's like David has an epiphany in this moment. The first two verses, he's wallowing in self-pity. I know none of y'all have ever done that before. I know nobody in here ever feels sorry for yourself. But I do sometimes. Sometimes I want to sit on my little pouty bed, my little chair, and I want to have my little pouty face on, and I just want to sulk in my misery for a moment. It doesn't normally last very long because I figure out nobody cares, so I have to get over it, but I still want it for the moment. David's got to have his moment, if you will. 
But you see, David understood something. See, David would one day write this. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. What that means, Brother Gill, is this. In the moments where I'm feeling downtrodden, broken down, depressed, oppressed, don't have any hope inside of me, what it means is that there's going to come a point, as Jesus reminded his disciples, there's going to come a point, if I put enough of God in me, there'll come a point the Holy Spirit's going to remind me of the words that God's already put inside of me. Now, I might be sitting there pouting for a few minutes, but somewhere along the way, the Holy Spirit's going to bring back to the remembrance those things which I have committed unto Him unto that day. That's why it's important to read your Bible. That's why it's important to pray. What you're doing is you're pouring into you so when you need it most, the Holy Spirit will get it out of you. Hello? What you, it's like a computer. What you put in and what comes out of you, you don't put nothing in, you ain't going to get nothing out. Hello? Can't go to the bank. I've said this many times. Can't go to the bank and draw out money out of an account. You ain't never put no money in the account. There's a lot of people come to church want God to give them stuff, but they've never deposited anything to have an opportunity to withdraw from. Hello. I'm preaching better than you're helping me today. I can just tell you that right now, but I'm going to go ahead and keep going anyway. David has an epiphany. It's like he's sitting there and he's wallowing. He's like, oh, woe is me. And all of a sudden, he just takes a deep breath because the Bible says in Psalms 3 and 2, Selah. I told you what Selah meant. It was like a praise break. Like a pause, a dramatic pause. Now if I, you know, most of y'all around here, if I say, hey, let's take a 30-second praise break, you'd think I lost my mind. But for uh, about three and a half months, back in 2017, I was the senior pastor of an all-African-American church. I was the only white guy in the whole building. I literally was the only white person in the building outside of some of the walls. That was it. And that was some of the most fun I had in my entire life. Because I'd get to preaching. Sometimes I didn't even get to that part, but I'd get to preaching, and one somebody would just, you know, they'd be playing on the organ, and they'd be backing me up, and I'm like, man, y'all going to preach me to death, and, and all of a sudden somebody would feel the spirit of the Lord, and they'd start shouting, and I would, I would say to them, and they, it was like they just knew what to do. I'd say, why don't you just take 30 seconds and give God some praise, and it was like eruption went in the room. They just gave a time to the Lord. Now, before you judge the preacher here, uh, what I'm about to say, I just want to go ahead and say it would do us in Caucasian driven churches hello to learn something from our brothers and sisters of other faiths and other nationalities I've had the opportunity to serve in a church where our church was about 20% Jamaican you ain't went to church till you went to Jamaica I'm going to tell you that right now they were in our choir some of them could sing beautifully some of them could not sing but they all sang together and I'm going to tell you right now when God moved they had time. They had a time in God. They had church. They worshiped the Lord. They didn't care if you liked them. They didn't care if you judged them. They didn't care what you thought about them. They worshiped God. And I was right there with them. I was the only white guy in the middle of them too. But I was right there with them. Come on, let's go with Jesus. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you it would do us and the church of the living God. I'm not talking about just the church of God in Cleveland. I'm talking about the universal church of God. It would do us some good from every now and then to remember where God has brought us from. How God has got us here. And what the Bible said God's going to take us to. To take about 30 seconds from time to time and just say, God, I'm going to give you a little bit of a praise for what you're doing in my life. David has a little bit of a moment. He has a praise break. After he praises the Lord... It's amazing how you can be in a bad situation, but as soon as you start worshiping God, it changes your perspective of things. David gets done praising the Lord. Then he says, oh, but I forgot, God. They the, one, the world is saying there's no help. 
the world is saying, "There's y'all, yeah, without the vaccine, you're all going to die. The world's saying, you take it, you're going to die. The world's saying, you don't take it, you're going to die. The world says, wear a mask. The world says, don't wear God, everybody says, we're all going down in a hell in a handbasket. We're all drowning like the Titanic. But all of a sudden, God, I remembered that I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of God. When I got to church, God, I was able to remember, but thou, O Lord, are a shield for me, not the government, not the doctor, not the lawyer, not the divorce attorney, not even the preacher, but thou, O Lord, are a shield for me. You're the glory and the lifter of my head. God, if you didn't give me the ruah, the breath of God this morning, my head would have never came off the pillow. But God, you breathe life in me, not because of COVID, not because of my multivitamins, not because of my potassium and zinc tablets, but God, you breathe life into me this morning, and you kept me, and you sustained me through the night. That's why you're here today. Because God lifted your head today. You say, well, pastor, what does that mean? That means David learned real quick that he had to confide in God. You, you can put your trust in anything you want. Psalms 50 says it like this. Brother Mike, Psalm 50 says this. Some may trust in horses. and Some may trust in chariots. But we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. That's confidence. I told you, Andre Kraft said, I got confidence God's going to see me through. I'm going to tell you right now, I know I'm going to probably be censored, and all you people are going to probably turn me off, and all, most of you are going to take your spiritual hearing aids and turn me off right now. You can put your trust in a vaccine all you want to, or you can put your trust in not taking a vaccine all you want to. You can wear your mask. You can put 17,000 masks across your face if you want to, or you can walk around and literally stick your head in the middle of a COVID unit without a mask on and be stupid for all you want to. I'm telling you, whether you do it the smart way, right now, I'm not, say, don't say here, well, preacher, you're just being flippant. No, I'm not. I want you to understand something. You can put your confidence in Pfizer. You can put your confidence in Moderna. You can put your confidence in Johnson & Johnson, or you can put your confidence in Jesus Christ. I'm not, I'm not saying don't take the vaccine. I'm not saying don't wear a mask, but I'm telling you, if that's what you're holding on to, is the hope to get you through this life you will be of all men most miserable I'm telling you you better learn to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ whether you take the shot you don't take the shot wear the mask you don't wear the mask you better realize if it wasn't for God on my side tell me where would I be because without God I'm not going anywhere I can have all the vitamins I can have all the shots I can have all the masks I want but when God's ready to call me home in a moment in a twinkling of an eye my body's going to transport from here to glory you might see the shell but my body's up in my spirits up with the Lord of hosts I come by to tell somebody this morning, you better confide and put your trust in Jesus Christ because I don't care if it's Democratic, Republican, Green Party, Tea Party, no party at all. I'm telling you, you can have it your party and cry if you want to. But I come by to tell somebody the only party I align with is the Lamb of the tribe of Judah. I go with the Lion of the tribe of Judah. I'm not in for the donkey. I'm not here for the elephant. I'm here to serve the Lamb. I'm here to serve the Lion and the Lamb. I'm going on to Jesus in a twinkling of an eye. I've made my reservations for a mansion in the sky one day I'm going with him I'm going with him you know, some people put their confidence in everything else but God but they're going to find themselves in a bad situation when they do confides in God David talks about the in Psalms 34 I read it to you a couple weeks ago about the mercies of the Lord and how he talked about, I will sing because you have dealt bountifully with me. You've been good to me. He's teaching his children. He's writing about the time he's fleeing from Saul. But David recognizes something. Not only does he confide in God, he realizes God is a God that helps. 
I read it to you in Isaiah 41 and 10. God said, I'm not only God, but I'm a God that will help you. David realizes that there is a God who wants to bestow and to render bountiful blessings on the people of God that are willing to receive the blessings from God. Because here's what David says. God, you did wake me up this morning. You, thou, Lord, are a shield for me, the glory and the lift of my head. You did that. But David realizes there's some things God's done for him that David didn't even ask for, but God still did it anyway. He said, God, there was a time in my life I cried unto you with my voice. Remember, many are they that increase that trouble me. Many are they that rise up against me. Many are them that save my soul. There's no help for him in God. God, there was a point I was crying out because I was at my wit's end. Anybody ever been at your wit's end? I'm not just talking about COVID. I'm not talking about your job. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about maybe your kids got you at your wit's end. That's why some of you got less hair than you started with in this life. You know what I'm talking about? Hello, preacher. Y'all thought I was talking about the men. It was those women I was talking about. What y'all laughing at? It ain't the men. I see some of you ladies with those receding lines. I know what it is. No matter how much Clairol and color you use, we can still see that it's turning loose. Hello. Come on. The preacher's preaching today. That's divine intervention. Come on. I know some of y'all have gray hair that you're hiding, some, and some of them have been given to you by your kids, maybe your spouse. Come on, I tell you, we all have been at some point in our lives, we've been at our wit's end. David said, God, I was at my wit's end, but I cried unto you because I didn't know what else to do. Here David said, collecting from God, I cried out unto the Lord, but he heard me. God not only... Not only did I cry out to him, God heard me. That means God took some kind of initiative to stop whatever was going on in heaven, to stop whatever he was doing and give me his undivided attention to hear what I had to say. Think about that for a moment. God has the angels to quiet down. God God takes time to just give you his undivided attention. That's pretty special. He said, you heard me. Now I don't know about you. David obviously figured out that that was worth shouting about. Because it says again, Selah. I can imagine David sitting there going, God, I cried out to you. Mm. And Lord, you heard me. He wanted to say the next verse, but he couldn't get it out yet. Because all of a sudden, he just felt the wave of glory walk into the room. And he he remembered all the times that he cried out when his little boy was about to die. And he did die. But he got up from his bed of affliction and he walked back in and he said, I may not can go to, he may not can come back to me, but I can go to where he is. He probably remembered I was standing before the giant of giants, the nine and a half, ten foot tall giant of life. Everybody else was running in fear and everybody was scared for their lives. But God, I stood out on the battlefield. We singing around here, I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. I stood on the battlefield. I picked up five smooth stones and I put them in a pouch and I only had one shot and I only had had a little target to go by, but I only had a one shot or I was going to be a dead man. But God, that Philistine uncircumcised beast of a giant of a man stood before me and defied you and defied the armies of God and told me he was going to feed my my flesh to the birds of the air. But God, I stood right there in the middle of that field. I grabbed that stone and put it in a sling and I said, not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit declares the Lord of hosts. And I told him in the power of the Holy Spirit no you're the one that's going to be fed to the birds of the air today God I slung that thing and somehow at the right force and the right trajectory that sling let out that stone and it made direct impact and center mass of a forehead God I walked over there and cut off 
the giant of giant's head. God, I walked around back to Jerusalem, a victor carrying the head of the giant in my hand. God, I remember when I went up against the armies of the Philistines and you protected me and you sustained me and you kept me. God, I cried out unto you and you heard me every time. So he starts shouting. He finds rest, comfort, shelter, hope. The Bible tells us in Romans 12 and 2, we must be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Philippians 4 and 8 says, Think on whatever things are lovely, pure, virtuous. Of those things you should think upon. The devil tries to deceive us and try to play mind games with us. In fact, oftentimes, like David in this story, we find ourselves in life in proverbial isolations or we find ourselves in the cave of isolation and oftentimes when we're alone that's when the devil starts putting doubt in our mind well God doesn't love you God's gonna let you die you know why COVID's so bad it's not because it's just a sickness but it separates everybody from reality we can't have a visitor we can't have a family come in and read Psalms 91 a prayer of blessing over you you can't have people in there praying over you. Everybody has to stay away from you. It's isolating you from the world. We are created by God, have the DNA of God. We are naturally social creatures. There's an element of us that wants social interaction. And, and I do believe that there are people, not just from COVID, but other people, that the lack of interaction has caused them to have worse health outcomes because they are alone. Can I tell you, even before COVID hits a body, even before you talk about people in the hospital, there are people that come Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night to churches and sit on sacred pews, padded pews, and sacred places of worship. They are lonely when they walk in this building. And unless we have the Spirit of the Lord discerning us, we're going to let them walk out of this building lonely and hurting when we should be understanding that they came to the right place, the right time, and the right hour because they came to God's house. And if there's ever been a man that says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, I will be a friend that sticks closer than a brother, they need to know that man that day. That's who they need to know. You see, the goal of many war tactics in years gone by, as well as the personnel of the criminal justice system, is to break down one's mindset. We've got men in here that have served in war times and served in the military and have heard stories. Some may have even lived these stories. But you can go back and look at when they would do these waterboarding and do these things to, to, to terrorists. What they're trying to do is break their mind down, to get them to, to cave. That's why they put these soldiers in, in, in boot camp. They put them, in lack of better terms, through hell on earth. They're trying to strengthen their mind no matter what. You don't crack, you don't break, you hold on. Because they know the enemy one day, in the physical sense, if they ever catch you, they're going to try to break you down in your mind. But the devil does that to God's people all the time. He tries to break us down spiritually in our minds and tell us you'll never be forgiven of that sin. You'll never be able to overlook. God will never be able to overlook what you've done. God will never be able to save you. God can't look. You, you, don't even, you don't realize how much you've messed up. Why would God even want to save some filthy, ragged person like you? He wants to break you down. David said, I laid down to sleep. But God, even though I still had a heavy heart, even though the problem was still there, 
Even though the pro- Absalom is still having inappropriate relations with my wives in the city square, and my son is still the king, everything still looks bad, God. But I laid down, slept like a baby. And I awakened, not because I wasn't stressed, but because you are God and you sustained me even in the midst of a dark day. Can I tell you that even in the midst of your proverbial hellish season of life, you can sleep in the middle of a raging storm like Jesus did in the bow of a boat because God's got it under control. You say, Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. I don't have to know, but I can tell you I know a man who can calm the waters. Old song says he will calm the troubled waters of my soul. He'll take a broken heart. He'll make it whole. And when my life seems dark and cold, he will calm the troubled waters of my soul. The reality of it is I know, still know the peace speaker. I know the man who can wake up from the storm in the bow of a boat and stand before the boisterous winds and the hellacious waves and say, Peace, be still. And it all has to fall under subjection at his voice. At his voice. Psalmist said, those who dwell in the secret place will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Of the 2,000 passengers that were aboard the USS Titanic, 1,517 died. At the time of the Titanic going down, there was another ship called the California that was only 30 miles away. The Titanic operator frantically sent out an SOS repeatedly. But the wireless set on the California was closed because there was only one operator on that boat aboard. And he had decided that he was too tired and went to bed. So he shut down all forms of communication. Help for the people of the Titanic, scientists and People that have studied said that if the USS California would have got the original SOS call and the amount of time it would have took for them to travel there, that they more than likely could have salvaged and saved everybody off the Titanic. The ship would have sank, but everybody would have been saved. But one went to bed and he turned off the channel of hope and help. While he slayed sleeping soundly in his bed, Just a few miles away, people were screaming and crying for their life. What could have been a heroic ending ended up with a historic tragedy that people were not expecting to happen. Can I tell you, but you hear, Miss Pastor, today, there's a lot of people spiritually trying to call out SOS on their channels because they're sinking. Their lifeboat is sinking around them. And they're trying to call SOS, but I'm here to tell you that we of the church have failed them. Not this church, I'm talking about the universal church. We have failed them because we're so, the church, the universal church has become so narcissistic and self-centered and self-seeking. We forgot that God called us to go to the highways and the byways and bring them and compel them to come in. We have forgotten that a prostitute's going to still look like a prostitute till she gets saved. We forgot that a drunk's going to still smell like alcohol until he gets saved. We forgot that people don't clean themselves up because they don't know to clean themselves up because they don't know they're living in sin yet. But we have forgotten that there's people calling out for help. But I wonder how many in church have turned off their perceptors and their channels of hope and their channels of help. They've turned us off. They turned it off. 
there's men and women dying and going to hell. They're drowning around us. But we lay down to sleep in our beds, comfortably, metaphorically speaking, and let them drown just a few miles away while we live our best life now. When we have the power and the ability through the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ to save another one from drowning, to save another one from hell, to save another one from defeat and destruction. But we'd rather live our best life than to get our hands dirty with them. We'd, le- we'd rather keep our reputation. We'd rather keep our imagery. We'd rather keep our good looks than to be able to say, I was there when they needed me most. We've turned off our channel of hope and help. But the David remembers something. He remembers that there's only one way that we'll ever conquer anything. And that's through the help of Jesus Christ. I'm going to say this one time. I'm going to let it go today. Coronavirus is a respiratory virus, airborne, the flu, things like that. Now, while, they, while vaccines and things like that can help treat symptoms and help thing, do things like that, there is a scientific backing that says that respiratory and viral issues like that that are airborne have to eventually work themselves out enough to create what is called herd immunity. It has to. Now, I'm not saying don't take the vaccine. I'm just saying it has to take effect. We have to get antibodies. That's why people that get it, they want them to go get plasma infusions. They want them to get antibodies to combat it. But I'm going to tell you right now, and I hope this doesn't offend anyone in this building, there's not one vaccine that's going to stop COVID-19. There's not a vaccine that's going to stop the flu. And even if they find one and say it's bulletproof, there'll be another disease that come out we can't stop. That's just how it is. They mutate. They, 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 they make variations. But I'm telling you, the only hope we have is putting it in Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can stop everything once and for all, and it never mutate and come back again. If God snaps his fingers right now and says coronavirus has to end, it doesn't matter how many vaccines are out there. If God shuts it down, it ain't coming back. Hello? God's the only one that can ultimately stop something. Too many people want to take credit. Well, I was able to conquer this, and I was able to do that. You did nothing unless it was for God. You did nothing. God's the reason you're able to do what you do. Look at what he says. I will not be afraid. When I read to you in Isaiah, I don't have to worry. Fear not, for I am God. I will help you. Psalmist says, I don't have to be afraid. Of 10,000 people, that's a lot of people, y'all, that have set themselves around about me. God, I don't have to be afraid. If 10,000 people are standing around me and I'm the only guy standing there, I don't have to be afraid. You know why? Because you're God. You're God. Arise, O Lord, and save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all my enemies upon the cheekbone, thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. What David is saying is, God, I couldn't do it, but what I couldn't do, you can. That's why the, that's why the writer of Philippians, the Apostle Paul, told the church at Philippi, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can't do it on my own. It's not by my own might, by my own power, but through God. I am able to do exceedingly abundantly above that which my mind can take or comprehend for the power of God that works with inside of me. The battle belongs to the Lord. Miss Carol, you make your way this morning just so they feel like I'm finishing. I'm playing mind games with them. And the last thing I want to tell you today is you better understand that when all is said and done, you better make sure your confirmation is not in man, not in woman, not in the government, 
You better make sure your confirmation is not even from a pastor. Hello, listen to what I just said. You better not get your confirmation card from the preacher. You better not get your confirmation card from your Sunday school teacher. They might can help you. They might can instruct you. They might can lead you. But you better not make sure your, com- your confirmation of security, of making it to heaven and going there. You better not make sure that it's from me or from someone. You better make sure God confirms who you are. You better make sure your election card. You better make sure God knows your name. Hello? Because when you stand before the great white throne judgment, guess what? I don't get to break the seal. The Bible said there's only one that's able to break the seals in Revelation, and that is the Lamb that was slain and took on the sins of the world. I can't break the seal, and I am not even worthy to open up the scroll or even open up the Lamb's book of life and read your name. You better make sure God knows you by your name, your full name, and better know every detail about you, because you better hope that's the one that confirms your entrance there. I can tell everybody on this side of heaven at your home going service. I can tell everybody, well, you know, Brother Randy was a good guy. Brother Larry was a good guy. Brother Jimmy was a good guy. Sister Phyllis was a good lady. I can tell that all I want to. But you better make sure God says, well done. Good and faithful servant. You better hope he says good job. I can tell you good job till the day I die. You better hope God says good job when this is all said and done. Hello? He confirms as God. He says, salvation, save us, deliver us. Salvation belongs not to me, to God. Thy blessing is upon his people. Then he started shouting again. What he's saying is, I'm going to make sure that I'm right with God no matter what. That's what baptism is all about. When we get ready to go here in a few minutes to do baptism, there's going to be about six or seven people that are going to confirm before God and man that they have made their election call sure. And they want everybody to know that they love Jesus Christ with all their heart, mind, soul, body, and strength. And they're committing their life to Jesus Christ. They're saying, salvation belongs to God. They're confirming. They're making a profession of faith. Confirming their call with God. David uses the Hebrew word Yeshua. It means save, deliverance, victory, or help, prosperity. Yeshua is the same root word where you get the word Joshua. We've been studying on Wednesday nights. It is also the same name Jesus went by when his mother was instructed to call him Jesus. If you look up the root word of Jesus, it's Yeshua. And actually, Hebrew word, there's an old song they wrote. I can't remember if it was Ron Canoli or who it was, but somebody wrote, and the actual song, using Hebrew terminology, actually says, Yeshua is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Yeshua is Lord. That's why the angel told, it, told Mary, you will conceive, you will call his name Emmanuel. God with us. That's why he told Joseph, you make sure that baby's called Jesus. Yeshua, God who saves, the God who delivers, the God who will set free. David gave glory to God. He understood that without God, nothing is impossible. Without God, everything seems impossible, but with God, all things become possible. If God brings you to something, God will bring you through something. Hello? If God got you to that point, He ain't going to leave you there. He'll get you through it. Night seasons may last for a while, but joy comes in the morning. So here's what I have to say today before we transition into this other form of service today. I cannot speak to everyone's heart and lives 
every week perfectly because I'm a man. I fail. I make fallacies. I, I struggle. I, I have days where things are not smooth. I have moments where I pray, yes. I seek the face of God, yes. But there are some days I miss him. I get in the flesh. I miss him. I think I try to do my best. I do. Hearing the word of the Lord. But sometimes there are days I go home and I think, God, I, must, I think I missed it today. I messed up. I'm sorry. But God is forgiving and he keeps giving me chance after chance. But what I'm here to say today is I may not every week speak to individuals' hearts and lives perfectly every time. And sometimes you may come to church and say, that message wasn't for me, preacher. Or it didn't do anything for me or it didn't speak to me or whatever. But there are other times when I come to church that I think, Lord, if I have ever heard you before, I know I've heard you now. I'm not asking you to confirm me because what I tell you, you've got to get your confirmation from God, not from me. I'm not the person you've got to confirm to. But I will tell you today, after hearing the last, what, 19, 20 months now, this COVID, or COVID pandemic, Watching church go up, down, up, down, left, right, sideways, hit, miss. Watching this world fall apart, the seams. I will say this, and I'm not asking you to confirm this. I'm telling you because I just want to be honest because I'm giving credit to God. Like David gave credit back to God, I'm giving credit back to God. I know. You don't have to believe it. I know the word of the Lord today was from God himself. I know that. Trust in Jesus Christ. God's on your side. Hold on. Help is on the way. Pastor, when is it coming? I don't know when it's coming. I'm just telling you it'll come. I can't control when it comes. I can just tell you I know he comes. Last week, I didn't even get to preach. You know why? Because God came by this place and he reminded us himself before I even got to. Help is on the way. I don't know if next Sunday I'll preach or not. We don't need to be determined by the Lord. But I'm telling you right now, I'm glad last week, even before I got to preach it to you, God just said, before he even says anything, I'm going to say is God, help is on the way. But here's my thing before we leave. I never want to let anybody have the op- let anybody miss the opportunity to get what they need from God. I'm not going to wait long because i got baptism and dedications I want to get to. Your head bowed and your eyes closed. I'm going to ask one question and one question only. You say, Pastor, this message was for me today. I needed this message and I need something from God. You don't have to tell me what it is. You just say, this message was for me, Pastor. I needed this message. This message spoke to my heart today. I want you to pray for me. No one looking around. I want you to put your hand up wherever you are. Yes, one, two, thank you. Any others? Yes, three, four, yes, five, yes, yes, six, yes, seven, yes. Eight, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, amen. All right, you may put your hands down. I'm going to pray this prayer, immediately following this prayer, and I say amen, if you'll be so in a moment of reverency, follow us in a few minutes out to that back, we'll pray over that building, and then we will baptize the, the folks that are interested in baptism. But I'm going to pray for these folks because I told God when I was preparing this message, God, if anybody says this message was for them, I'm specifically going to ask you to remind them and show them that their help is on the way. 
here's what I want you to do. With your head still bowed and eyes closed, I want you to just, you don't know who they are. You don't need to know who they are. Only God and I know who they are. And I don't even know if I got everybody's hand right or not. But I think I saw all the hands. But God saw every hand, even if I missed one. So here's what we're going to do. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, there is a name above every name. At the name of Jesus, demons have to flee. Hell has to shudder. You are in control. Father, I pray that we, as we get ready to leave this place, go to and fro our destination in our humble place, oh Lord, we get ready to transition to a time of dedication of our children's ministry building and facilities. God, I'm asking God that the men and women that said, this message was for me, Pastor. This message spoke to me today. God, I'm asking today that you would speak to their hearts, their lives. I want them to leave this place knowing God sent help by their way. God, I want them to leave this place knowing that God has come by today to remind them, help us on the way, and fear not. Do not be dismayed, for I am God. I am with thee. I will never leave thee. I will never forsake thee. I am the God that will help thee in all manners of life. God, as we get ready to dedicate this children's ministry facility people of God to you let sons and daughters come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ in this building let them see Jesus high lifted up father I thank you and praise you for all that you do in Jesus mighty and precious name we pray and all God's people together said amen if you'll join us in the back in the fellowship uh, the children's ministry area for dedication God bless